Well, good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're here this morning with us on this incredible, beautiful weekend. If you're listening through via live stream, welcome as well to the family of God here at New Hope Community Church. I just want to pause and reiterate a little bit of what Pastor John said about your generosity. I just want you to recognize that as you look at people in front of you or behind you, to the right and to the left of you, as you see children running our halls here at New Hope Community Church, as you go out into a parking lot that is full, recognize that your financial investment is transforming lives. Your financial investment is bringing people into relationship with Jesus Christ that is uh, changing the trajectory of their eternity. And so, your giving matters. And so I want to encourage you to continue in that. The end of our fiscal year is July 1, and so we have one more month here as we pursue budget in that, and we're already setting budget for next year. And then two, we know that in Minnesota, especially with the brutal winter and spring, we are nomadic people. So I really encourage you to consider strongly your online giving where it's just uh, continual, automated giving. And it's safe, it's convenient, and it's easy to set up, and you can tweak it any time you want. But when you're not here, your giving to the vision and mission continues to be here, because why? We're nomadic people. In the summer, we try to get away as much as we can, right? And so I just encourage you to consider that, and just thank you again for your incredible support of the vision and mission here at New Hope Community Church. Today, I want to cover with you the idea and the vision of New Hope's Great Commission here. When I was going off to college, my dad asked me to take a semester of business to see if I wanted to go into business. My dad had two furniture stores, and I was at the end of nine kids, and none of my siblings previous to me was interested in the furniture business. And so I think I was the last hope for my dad, like maybe my last son will take over the business or go into business with me, right? So he said, would you just take a semester of business courses? So I said, okay, I'll do that. So I went off to the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse and took a, a semester of business courses. And I remembered sitting in economics and I was just like, I hate this stuff just couldn't stand it and that. And it reminded me of a story of a, a gal that went to the doctor and he says, well, hey, I got some really bad news. You only have six months to live. And the gal's like, well, what should I do? And the doctor says, well, I would suggest that you move to North Dakota and marry an economist. And she's like, well, why, why would I do that? She said, because the next six months will seem a lot longer. <laughs> you know, and, and that was sort of my idea of like business and economics, you know, it's just like, really, you know, come on. But what I've realized, even in the church world and as a pastor, is that there isn't a week that goes by where I'm not thinking about economics or that it doesn't apply in my life. And especially the economics of when it comes to supply, demand. Supply, demand. So let me, first of all, number one, give you an idea of the economics of supply demand that we just see and are experiencing in Nysani County right here. And the first one is our housing challenge. Right now, we have more demand for housing than we have supply. I mean, even the of what we need or what people are particularly looking for. I mean, even the Birds that migrated back into town are challenged with that. Look at this little comic. I was hoping for a tile floors and more closet space. Let's keep looking. You know what I mean? I mean, this, this challenge of housing of supply and demand. 
I was speaking to a, a gentleman last week from New Hope, and he said, well, I'm laid off for the next week and a half. And I'm like, what? I mean, things are happening. And he said, well, yeah, because we don't have enough of the product that we need to make what we make. The supply, we don't have the supply for the demand. And so we have to wait for it. And so this, this challenge of supply and demand, right? You know that the Minnesota Twins are like just doing awesome right now. They're 10 and a half games. Uh, they're in front of everybody in the AL Central. And because of that, the stadium is packed. But here's the challenge. They don't have enough workers. They need 200 more people to work at the games. And so they had this job fair because of this supply demand. The U.S. is experiencing a widespread worker shortage. Right now, the supply of workers is not meeting the demand. But what's so interesting is, secondly, if we look at Jesus' life and when he walked the earth as God, let's look at the supply and demand and Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Jesus saw the challenge, the economic challenge of supply demand. It was right in front of them. There is this great demand for people to know the Messiah, to know salvation, to have their lives transformed. But there's not enough supply. There's not enough individuals to go out and to share this good news. Now, in the world of economics, there's this thing called economic good. It is something people want that is scarce. It's something people want, but it's scarce. Now, typically, traditionally, an economic good is more of a tangible thing. It would be like a house or a car, or it'd be like a piece of clothing that, that people really But what would be the spiritual economic good today for the people of Isani County and beyond? The spiritual economic good that they are seeking every day but is scarce is peace. Is peace. Whether you realize it or not, everyone around you, including yourself, is seeking peace. When you leave this service today, you are either going to go home and open your refrigerator or put up your grill. You are going to go to a restaurant and you are going to eat something that is going to give you peace. You're going to decide to eat something. Why? Because you believe that it's going to satisfy you. It's going to give you peace. When you go on your commute tomorrow, wherever you're commuting to, you're thinking of the route that will have the least amount of traffic and detours. Why? Because you're seeking peace. In all of our decisions, we're seeking peace. And that's what people are longing for. But Jesus says, hey, I give you a peace that's different from the world's peace. It's an eternal peace. It's a content peace. And so we see that there's this supply demand that Jesus recognized, 
that there's this incredible demand for the Messiah, for salvation, for eternal life, for ultimate peace, for this life and for the next. And when Jesus went back to his father after he was resurrected, he then gave the responsibility of supply and demand to the church. And so number three, we see the supply and demand in the church. And all we need to do is go to the end now of Matthew 28, to the Great Commission. Before Jesus left his disciples, he told them this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I am with you. What is he saying? He says, hey, I want you to go. Why? Because there's this incredible demand for the Messiah, for the good news, for salvation, for peace. And I'm sending you out as suppliers. We see over in Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus, after talking to him, says, now, hey, go to Jerusalem. Why? Because I'm gonna send my Holy Spirit who is gonna be with you always to give you power to do this. And it says in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What is that telling us? It's telling us, hey, I want you to go. I want you to go. Do you know why we are struggling today, not just in Isani County, but as a nation overall with not enough workers? It's because of a decision years ago or individual decisions to live with abortion. We have literally, I believe, killed off our workforce. And so we have bypassed individuals who could be living among us, who could be working among us, individuals who could have been educated among us, potentially who would have had the next cure for cancer, who would have had the next idea for world peace, whatever it might be. And we are sitting here with not enough laborers because I believe personally that we have decided to not allow them to live in the womb. But when we look at the local church as well, we have to ask the question, why are we not keeping up with the demand? It's because there's not enough supply. It's because only 4% of churches in America reproduce themselves, meaning they give birth to another church, only 4%. And so the demand is greater than the supply. I mean, if you look back to when we moved to Isani County in 92, there were 26,000 people. 2019, there are now 39,000 people. Within that span, there have been three churches that have been started in Isani County, but there's also have been three churches that have been closed in Isani County, and so that's sort of a wash. And so for all those thousands of more people, there has not been another church established to reach them, to pursue them, to go after them. And so we have this challenge. And God saw, and, and 
experienced this challenge all the way back in Acts. In Acts 1.8, what did he tell the people? He said, hey, I'm gonna give you my Holy Spirit. It's gonna give you power greater than yours. What? To go and be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, then Samaria, then to the ends of the earth. And what we find as we read in the book of Acts is that by chapter eight, everybody is still in Jerusalem. Everybody. No one's left yet. And so what does God do in chapter seven to get them out of town? In chapter seven, we see that Stephen, who is a follower of Jesus, who gives witness to him, is stoned to death. And because of that, great persecution went throughout the church and people were starting to run for their lives. But what did it do to the supply and demand? In Acts 8.1, I find it interesting that in Acts 1.8, this is what we're supposed to do, and then in Acts 8.1, reversal of the numbers, this is finally what happens. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea, and they got on mission what they were supposed to be doing all along. Why? Because God recognizes the demand for the Messiah, for eternal life, for people to be transformed, to people to have peace in their marriage, in their families, and in what they do for work, in their day-to-day lives, to have this peace that he provides. And so Jesus is calling out the church to go. And so what does this look like then when it comes to number four, the supply and demand and New Hope Community Church? What does this look like for us? I think God is calling us to embrace a paradigm shift. What's a paradigm shift? A fundamental change in approach. And God's saying, hey, I want you to have a different approach as you live as Christ-following people. You see, in the past, when New Hope Community Church was established and when we had our vision of building this building, our vision was that, hey, we are going to build this building, and what we are in right now is just phase one. There is a whole phase two yet to be built. But our vision was that, hey, we are going to build a building, and we are going to invite people to come to us, to travel to us. But as we make our plans, God will redirect our steps at times. And he's saying, listen, I've called you to go. And I'm calling you to go where the people are coming from. And so I'm calling you to go out and to start other churches, not to just hunker down and say, hey, you come to us. But he's calling us to go out. And so there's this paradigm shift of sitting here and to going out. And that's why we're now down in Isani. That's why in this fall, we are going to be up in Bram. And it was interesting. I was visiting with a couple from New Hope who lives up in Mora in Kanabic County. And I was sitting across from them at their farm and they looked me in the eyes and they said, Bill, we live in Mora. We live in Kanabic County. Do you think that you could have your beyond be bigger? Do you think your beyond could be bigger for people like us? who live out here. And what he meant was on our shirts 
and our cards, our visuals. He's saying, you know what? It's for Isani County, woo, big, and that, and then there's this little beyond. We're the beyond people. Could it be bigger? We want it to be bigger. And I found it interesting as we uh, meet together on Tuesday morning, 6.30 to 7.30, everybody's welcome. We meet in our prayer room here to pray over our county and that God would bring revival and reach more people and bless the businesses, the schools, everything, and that. And as I pray and I'm praying for God, reach I Sandy County and beyond and that, the people who represent the other counties in the room, then they chime in, yeah, Canabic County, or yeah, Pine County, God, come on, bring it on in Pine County and that. And they're almost offended that I just say beyond, you know, because they're like, hey, could, could the beyond be bigger? Could it be bigger? Because that's us. And I'm like, yeah. I think God's calling us to more, to this bigger vision. Because right now, our vision has been this, to see Isani County and beyond filled with the presence of Jesus. But maybe God is moving our vision to be more this, to see the pick counties and beyond filled with the presence of Jesus, to see Pine, Isanti, Chisago, Kanabic, the counties around us filled with the presence of Jesus, that, that God is saying, hey, don't restrict to the borders. Go out to wherever I have called you to go. And the way we get there is through our mission by developing passionate followers of Jesus Christ. And how do we get there? Well, Pastor John talked about that. It's the four pathways to growing and maturity, and by that, then God sends us out. But I love the picture we get in Jeremiah 29.7 of the presence we are supposed to bring where we live in these counties. He says, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. You too will prosper. And so God sends the nation of Israel, to be captured by a people not like them. And they are living among these people as captives. But God comes to them and he says, hey, listen, continue to live large regardless of where you are and pray to the Lord for where you are living and the community I have you in. Because if it prospers, you will prosper. And that's the picture of what God desires for us as his people is regardless of where we live, like Sandy County or, or the, now the bigger beyond there, he desires for it to prosper in every area from business to schools to healthcare to recreation to marriages to families. Why? Because he's presence. He's present in his people, calling us. Power is there by his Holy Spirit. And he's calling us to extend the economic good of peace to people's lives through salvation in him. And this is happening. It's taking place. As we're in Cambridge, Isani will be in Bram this fall. And God is reaching people through us. A couple weeks ago, I was working at Ruby's Pantry down in our Sandy campus, which is a food distribution. Visiting with a young gentleman that I had just met one other time in Isani. And I just asked him his story. And he just said, you know, my wife and I came into these some challenges and that, and I found myself back into drugs and alcohol. 
And he said, one day I just showed up at this Isani campus because I knew I needed, I had to do something. And he said, this last Easter, I gave my life to Christ. And then two weeks ago, I was baptized at the overflow service. And God is transforming my life. There is a change. And it's happening here. We go to our Judea, outside of Isani County, the other counties. And a few years ago, Mark and Crystal Katzenberger, who are youth pastors here, left to prepare to plant and start a church in Andover, which they're going to be starting this September when we start Bram. The youth pastor who was here now is starting one at the same time in Andover. That's our Judea. And from Judea, we're going to Samaria. In our earlier service, we prayed over Taylor Moyer, who is going to West Jackson, Mississippi. She just graduated from college, and she sensed God calling her down to West Jackson, Mississippi to work with a church who works with felons and prostitutes and that, and she's going to be help starting an after-school program for the children. And she's going out to the Samaria of the world from here at New Hope. She grew up through the youth group here. You know, and this morning we have with us Yimmy and Chelsea, and I'd like to invite them up right now. And I think they may have their children with them, but they have been involved in New Hope here, and Chelsea has helped in the past on the worship team and that. But they are going to be leaving this week as well. And they're going to be going to Nicaragua. They've been preparing for this for a while now. But they're leaving and going to Nicaragua to a place that's a little unsettled right now so that they can, come on over here, so that they can uh, lead a church and also oversee a mission school. So they got a lot going on beyond just three little kids, right? But we see God doing this work among us. This Isani County, this beyond, this bigger picture of the Great Commission. And I would ask that we would, as one people, pray over them favor and goodness as they go. And so I just ask that you would raise your right hand towards them as a blessing over this family. And let's pray for them. Lord God, I thank you for Yimmy and Chelsea, a young family, a young couple who, regardless of political challenges, regardless of the youth of their family, they're being faithful and they're going to go. And they are going to reach people for Jesus. They're going to train up people to not stay where they are staying, but to go and to leave them to reach others. I pray you would provide safety, encouragement, strong friendship as they arrive there with other people. I pray you would meet all their needs according to your great riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Bring favor over their hands as they do this work, Jesus. And all God's people said as one, amen, amen. Let's hear it up for these guys. Woo! Thank you so much. Thank you. So here at New Hope Community Church, due to the supply and the demand we are going to embrace a new paradigm shift of becoming a church that starts churches. This is just who we are. So that when we talk about, hey, we're going to be starting something new, it's not this reaction of, what? <laughs> really? Why? 
We already did it. But it's more of this reaction of, yeah, woo, I was waiting for another one. That our language changes around here about this is where God wants us to go instead of, oh, this is just where we are. That we be a people who have a bigger vision of what God wants to do in and through us. Why? Because he's given us the authority, he says, and he has given us the power, he said, and he said that he's with us always. And so we're going to go. We're going to live different as a people of New Hope Community Church. And so this is what we are inviting you into, to embrace a bigger beyond to Pine County, Isani County, Chisago County, Kanabic County, Anoka County, wherever God would call us to. And all for his glory, his goodness. And to extend the economic spiritual good of peace to those around us. And so this is why I wanted to partake of communion together here this morning because it's this incredible reminder to us individually of what Jesus has done for us. He has established communion. Why? So that we would remember that once we were without him, but now we're in relationship with him. That's why he says, hey, when you take the bread and you break it, remember, it's my body broken for you. When you take the cup and you drink it, remember, it's my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sin. Do this in remembrance of me. But also remember, that I'm sending you out to invite others in so that they can remember and experience the peace that I give you. So in a moment, I'm just going to release you to come out to the right, go to any station that's open, just grab a wafer and dip it in the cup. It's safe for everybody. It's gluten-free, grape juice. And as you come, I want you to just to pause and give thanks for the salvation God has provided you. And then extend a prayer that we as one people would go out to Isani County and make a bigger beyond. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that as a people we would live differently, think differently, give differently, and that you would use us in greater ways. Thank you for what you are already doing, but we ask for more. And so we thank you that you have called us to Isani County and a big beyond. In your holy name, amen. Come.